0: I want to talk to you about really uh, kind of a nondescript uh, character in the Christmas story, for lack of a better term. I want to talk to you about Simeon. I would really like to talk also, and I think Anna in this story is just as interesting as Simeon, but I don't have time to do both of them tonight. So I thought I would just talk to you a little bit about Simeon. In the second chapter of the book of Luke, beginning our reading in verse number 25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. It was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death, before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him after the custom of the law, then took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, his sword shall pierce through thy own soul also that the thought that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed father in heaven we thank you for being here tonight we've heard good singing wonderful testimony not only cranked this tractor but I think it cranked mine a little bit And the preacher's exhortation a little bit ago now The burden of the rest of the night falls upon our shoulders, yours and mine. Mine have no strength. They have no ability. They have nothing without you. And I pray, Lord, that you would take these simple thoughts, these words that are merely ink on paper, and somehow breathe life into them make them real, make them living, make them powerful, make them effective and directive in the lives of your people. And we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk to you about this prophecy of Simeon. The impression of this venerable, sainted sage has been indelibly autographed for all Christendom. As I think most of us yearn as Simeon did for this day when Jesus will come again. I can see him there in that verse, verse 27, when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took him up in his arms. That man took, the son of God in his own arms, in his own hands. And I can see him lifting up that little baby, maybe six, seven, eight pound bouncing baby boy and recognizing that God had answered his prayer and that the Holy Ghost had genuinely spoken to his heart and soul that he would live long enough to see that hour there's some great things said about this man he was the son of Hillel he was the father of Gamaliel the high the priest later on he was president of the Sanhedrin himself in AD 13 he's just he's devout he's a righteous man he's a good man i think he the thing that makes him righteous is that he was right with God. He had obeyed God's commandments. He was not sinless, but for his sins, he had offered the necessary sacrifices under the Old Testament economy. He was awaiting Christ's coming. The prophecy of Daniel chapter nine, he was watching and waiting for the consolation of Israel. Why? Why? That Israel might be given light. We says there that we know that Messiah cometh, who is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. And he said this about himself one day. I am the light of the world. What a wonderful thing it was in my life and in your life. If you're a born-again child of God, when the light of the world burst across the darkness of your soul. And then to deliver them from ceremonial law. Romans chapter 10 and verse number four, Christ is the end of the law for righteousness sake. And then to establish, to establish his kingdom. I say this also, he was a consolation for the church. He is our propitiation. He is our advocate he is the fountain of all blessing. He is the justifier. He is our savior. He is our Lord. And he can deliver us from this old world. I think one of the most important statements in this little vignette of the life of Simeon, it says there that the Holy Ghost was upon him. What a wonderful testimony to have said about a man there in the word of God that the Holy Ghost was upon him. The Holy Ghost had revealed to him that he would not die until he saw the Lord's Christ, until he saw the anointed one. And then it says in verse 27, also that the spirit of the Lord, the spirit led him. He came by the Spirit into the temple at a very significant moment. Jesus was brought there. And you just go back a little bit, verse 21 when eight days were accomplished for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus. They were doing what they were supposed to do, Mary and Joseph, with this child. And it just so happened as they obeyed the scripture that that boy, that wonderful child came there. When he came, Simeon was there and Simeon recognized the Holy Ghost spoke to him. He's the one, that's him. He's the one I promised you that you would see. You know, I believe this, let me just meddle a moment. I think we'd have better kids if we had better parents. I see children every once in a while, kids know little or nothing about the things of God. I see kids out in the world with earrings where they don't have ears and all tattooed up and dressed absolutely ridiculously. And I'm not ashamed of the children. I'm ashamed of their parents who would let them even go out of the house dressed like some of them do. The Lord willing, I'm, uh, I'm going to praise God with what days I have left on this planet. I think a lot of kids are ungrateful. My wife recently was involved in a, uh, some Christmas carols at church. And she was amazed that the kids didn't even know, you know, bus kids and kids like that. They didn't even know... Uh, The Christmas carols. They know Jingle Bells and Santa Claus is coming to town and I saw Mama kissing Santa Claus. They know all of those. But thank God, thank God for those of us that were raised by old-fashioned parents who taught us the things of God. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. I preached last Sunday morning in Baton Rouge Louisiana on that text and my title of my sermon was he is beyond words he is beyond words thank God for his unspeakable gift with this child in Simeon's arms the Bible said he took him up he blessed God he blessed God this ancient this aged seer His humanity had touched deity. Life had contacted death. The creature was now coddling the creator. The servant sees his master. The subject, his king. And the sinner, his savior. And he said, blessed be God. Then verse 29, I think he's satisfied. Now let us thy servant depart in peace. I've got what I came for. I've recognized what I've longed for. I've felt with my own hands the, the salvation of the world. I've seen him with my own eyes. He said that in verse 30. Mine eyes have seen thy salvation. He recognized what all man needs. Salvation is wrapped up in a person. It's not in a system. It's not in religious regimen. It's not a bunch of do's and don'ts. But salvation is wrapped up in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the Savior. I like what it says in verse 31, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. I believe like the brother when he was testifying, it's a whosoever will gospel. It's not just for a certain group of people. It's not just for the elect. It's not just for this one or that one. It's a whosoever will gospel. I am, thank, I am thanking God tonight for that. Whosoever will may come. Verse 32, a light to lighten us the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. The Holy Spirit revealed to him the Gentile church and then the restoration of Israel. It's all right there in that one little verse. The Gentiles, the church, then the glory of his people. One of these days the nation of Israel will be converted in one day when they see him when they recognize him who came to save. My text really is in verse number 34, and I want to spend a little time here. Notice the latter part, for a sign, for a sign which shall be spoken against. Now in 1 Corinthians 1 and 22, the Bible says that the Jews required a sign. There are three signs concerning this one who is all that Simeon said he was and all three have been spoken against. I want you to consider this first. Isaiah chapter seven and verse number 14, a virgin would conceive. Amen. The sign of the virgin birth. Undoubtedly, Simeon knew that verse of scripture. Maybe he couldn't figure it all out. It, it is beyond It is beyond biological truth or biological understanding, I think, would be a better term that a virgin would have a baby. Maybe he couldn't figure it out, but the Holy Ghost said, you're not going to die until you see him. You say, well, I don't know if I believe in the virgin birth. That seems a little far-fetched to me. You can believe that all you want to, but I believe Matthew chapter one and verse number 18. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. I believe the Bible. We live in a depraved society. I have a note here. I would not disgrace this pulpit by even saying the name of the magazine that this came from. But it was in a religious paper. Someone quoted this magazine said about the virgin birth, said that really what it was was a stupid couple who agreed to have a more intelligent friend. I don't even want to use the word they use. I, don't, I never use that word. My, wife, my mother washed my mouth out with soap one time. I used that word. I haven't used it since. And that was 60 years ago. That's what the world believes. Mary and Joseph were ignorant, so they got a more intelligent friend to come by and deal with Mary, for lack of a better term. Joseph and Mary had a son who was a genius. I'm going to tell you something this evening. There is the irrefutable sign of the virgin birth of Jesus Christ and it has been spoken against for 2,000 years, but it is still true. It is a sign that God can direct a man or a woman to someone who is supernatural, who can do something supernatural in their lives. It may be biologically impossible, but it is not theologically impossible. I like, I like this term from Luke 1, That holy thing, which shall be born of thee, shall be called the Son of God. And with God, Verse 37, nothing is impossible. It did not stretch God's imagination. It did not uh, take God's strength for what took place there with Mary and the Holy Ghost. It was God's plan for the redemption of mankind. Oh, skeptic, may you see the sign of the virgin birth. You see the things that are impossible with men. They're possible with God. In Matthew chapter 12, verses 38 through 42, there is the sign of the resurrection from the dead. He was set, the Bible says here, Simeon said, for the fall and rising again of many. The resurrection trips up a lot of people. The apostle Paul was preaching in the 17th chapter of the book of Acts on Mars Hill, People were coming along. Man, they were listening. This guy's got something to say. But according to verse 32 of that chapter, when they heard, when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. Others said, we'll we'll listen to him another time. We'll give him another chance. Maybe he'll amend that teaching. But thank God for the third crowd certain men clave unto him and believed. In that little verse, you have all three reactions to the gospel. There's rejection, there's reticence, I'm not sure, I'm not gonna step in and buy all this, but thank God for those of us that have received what was said. The reception, the divine reception of the truth of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus said in Matthew 12 and 39, this evil generation is getting but one sign. I'm going to die, I'm going to rise again, and he did. And really that ought to be enough. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me should not perish but have everlasting life. Believest thou this? He said to Martha. Verses 41 and 42, Nineveh rises in judgment. Queen of Sheba rises. Nineveh, because a better preacher than Jonah was preaching. The Queen of Sheba, a wiser than Solomon, was teaching. Same crowd in Matthew chapter 11 at Capernaum, because these mighty works being performed are more tolerable for Sodom than for you, Jesus said. And I thought about that this afternoon. What about the United States of America? We have Bibles. We have stacks of Bibles at our house that we don't even open. There are probably more Bibles in America than there are people in America. We have churches on every corner, especially in this part of the country. And many of them are preaching the gospel, plain and simple, as God gave it. But that crowd back then, they had no Bible. They had no Bible. There was, no, there was the Old Testament. They didn't have the Gospels when Simeon was alive. They didn't. He's part of the Gospel. I know sometimes the Word of God is being ripped from our arms. There are churches in this country. I get so weary. I don't preach in any churches that aren't King James churches, not by design, but I don't think anybody who has that other Bible would want me around, frankly. I would be compelled to say something. I'm not gonna, if the king, I, I, put a, I put a King James Bible in a preacher's face about three weeks ago who's been fiddling around with the ESV and I said to that young man, I said, I'm gonna tell you something, son. If I didn't believe that King James Bible was a word of God from cover to cover, I would put it down and I'd never preach another sermon as long as I live. If we don't have the Bible, we're in serious, serious shape. They had no Christian witness. There was no church. There was no power of God. Listen, when this came down in this chapter, a curtain, a 400-year curtain had silenced the voice of God in all of Israel. They hadn't heard a thing from heaven in 400 years. No Holy Spirit restraint, no power of God, Little access to truth. Thank God tonight, we have, we have the truth. He arose. And we too will rise again one of these days. That's been spoken against. In Matthew 24 and 30, then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. You can mark her down, neighbor, Jesus is coming again. Men have laughed. They've spoken against it. They thought he was coming in their day. I, I heard, a, or my wife heard, a preacher the other day. I hadn't thought about this in a long time. He talked about, he talked about a guy who wrote a book, nine, uh, eighty-eight reasons why Jesus is coming back in 1988. That was a long time ago. That was 30 years ago. If my math is right, my high school math is right. Really, my grade school math is right. That was 30 years ago, and he hasn't come. But i tell you something, neighbor, he is coming again. Would God he'd come tonight. I think the apostle Paul thought he was coming in his day. I think Stephen, I think the early disciples, they thought he was coming in their day and he could have, but God had a different plan. Those first two signs I've mentioned, but I'm here to say this, this Christmas season, You may not have bought me any presents. I don't know if anybody's bought me any presents. It's not going to bother me. I'll be frank with you. I haven't bought anybody any presents yet. (laughs) I usually wait till Christmas Eve when everything's been picked over. And they're about giving it to you. That's my way of thinking. And listen, if you want what's already been bought for me and Jesus comes tonight, you can have it. My address is 1198 Cash Drive in Day Heights, Ohio. And uh, it's got a green mailbox out front. It's a brick house. You can't miss it. You can go and ransack the whole place for all I care. I'm gone. I am gone. He's coming for his saints. And thank God. One of these days after that, he'll be coming with his saints. (laughs) We'll be riding white horses. His eyes a flame of fire. His head crowned with many crowns. Clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name will be called the word of God. He'll cry with a multitude of the watchful believers. I say tonight, even so, come Lord Jesus. Now, the preacher, he likes me to preach a long time. I'm, I'll be 70 years old pretty soon next year. I don't preach as long as I did when I was 25 or 35 or 45. I, you say, why not? I'm tired. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I just preach the way I preach and try to get it said and get out of the way. But I heard a wonderful story long, long time ago about two neighbor boys. They grew up together. They were bosom buddies. They fished together. They played on the ball teams together. They terrorized the neighborhood together probably. And the uh, war broke out. World War II broke out. And they both went off to war together. And they, as fate would have it, they served in the same uh, regiment. They were together all across the battlefields of Europe. One day, one of them was kept behind for some reason. The other one went out, and he was sorely wounded. He did not come back. He asked other soldiers and his friends, "And what, what about Bill? What, what about Bill? Well, last time I saw him, he seemed to be okay. What about Bill? And as they would come back from the battle. Say, what about Bill? What about Bill? Days went by, and he just badgered the commanding officer. I want to go. I want to go see if I can find Bill. We've been buddies all our lives. I want to go. No, you can't go. You can't go. Finally, he just pled so much with his commanding officer. He said, go ahead and go if you got to. And out across the battlefield he went, there were broken bodies and uh, wounded soldiers all across the field of battle. Finally, he came up over a little uh, clump and there laying wounded, sorely wounded, was Bill. He looked into his friend's eyes and his friend looked at him and he said, Frank, I knew you'd come. I knew you'd come. Sometimes in the battles of life, in the difficulties and heartaches that we go through. Sometimes family problems, sometimes financial problems, sometimes physical problems, all of that. And we may be laid up sore somewhere, seemingly defeated. But one of these days, the trump of God will sound and the voice of the archangel will echo across the universe and we will get out of here and we can honestly say, I knew you'd come. I have no doubt. He is coming again, coming for the redeemed, coming for you and coming for me. I would like to lay this at the doorstep of your heart as a burden for the holidays. Go to someone, go to someone with the gospel and help them to be ready for the rapture for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, sir. He could come before morning. Yes. I've witnessed the people over the years, as you have. I've led some people to the Lord. I've flopped and failed miserably, just like all of us do sometimes in our witness. But God help us to keep at it. Yes. God help us to keep at it. Yes. I like Simeon. He seemed like a friend. He seems like a good brother. He had some good things going for him. I wish I had time to talk about Anna, that ancient woman, a widow of several decades. What an unusual lady she was. May God help us in these days to to witness, to testify, to sound forth the gospel. I don't know about you, But I don't know of a better time to witness than in the next couple of weeks. You go into stores and they're playing our kind of Christmas carols. Oh, they may have mixed up, you know, I saw Mama kissing Santa Claus or Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and all that stuff or I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. But every once in a while, they'll have joy to the world. Silent night and all those old classics. I'll tell you, they about make me shout sometimes over at the grocery store. God help us to witness. God help us to talk to people about this great gift that God gave to this old world. Father, we thank you for these few minutes tonight. I don't have any doubt this evening that we've been in the presence of the Lord. I don't have any doubt like Simeon lifted that little baby boy, just eight days old, and held him. God, the songs have lifted him tonight. The testimonies have lifted him tonight. The exhorting by our pastor has lifted him tonight. My feeble way, I've joined with Simeon, trying to lift him up, tell folk of this great Savior that we have, our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, our great Lord, our Redeemer, the one that forgave us, the one that bought us with his own blood.